You're listening to Pombo and Peter's Picks, the home of your favorite sports betting podcast, presented by The Daily Goat. Hello and welcome to episode 28 of Pombo and Peter's Picks. How are you doing today, Peter? Pretty good, pretty good. We're on the 12-hour shoot on Wednesday. Yeah, we had a lot of fun um, doing the CTW uh, videotaping. Uh, make sure everybody checks it out when it comes out August 10th. It's a lot of fun and definitely a worth watching. Oh, yeah. A lot of good stuff going on at the Daily Go. We have that. We have your boxing match between Justin coming up in a couple weeks. Yep. We got that. I mean, NFL season is going to quickly approach. College football season quickly approach. We've, we've, had a lot of, we've had a lot of good articles this week. The Daily Goat's numbers have been popping. Twitter followers are over 400. Instagram, we're over 260 now. And in terms of the website, uh, we're up for the month, I think, by 8%. So keep on rolling. Keep on rolling, right? To the moon, as uh, our guest oh, yeah. from last week would say, Goldberg. All right, Peter, let's get right into it here. So uh, let's do a little recap of last week. Uh, I'll start off here. I went 2-1. and one. Uh, My premium pick was the Tampa Bay Lightning over the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, that was correct. Uh, I also had Denmark over the Czech Republic. That was correct. And my lone loss was England defeated Ukraine. Uh, I had Ukraine over England. So L, my uh, the dream of Ukraine is now over. So I finished 2-1 and one on the week. I also did. We had the same exact picks. Ah. I had 2-1 and one, lightning over the Canadians. I'll just highlight that. Congratulations, Lightning. Wesky won MVP. On Wednesday, yay. Uh, yes, so what did you think about that series overall? I'm, we both felt pretty comfortable about the Lightning winning. Uh, Lightning won 1-0 on uh, Wednesday. I mean, the Canadians squeaked out a win game three. I thought they were going to sweep them, but I guess not. And you know that two years ago, they got swept in the first round versus the Blue Jackets? Who, the uh, Canadians? I mean, no, Lightning? The Lightning. Lightning, yes. And then and they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, yep. Now they won back to back because Tom Brady's and, in a stupid town and they and can't stop. That playing. Lightning team just seems, on paper anyway, 10 times better than anybody else. I mean, you, you look up and down the roster and they're fantastic all across the board. They have young talent who are still on the rookie deals. Like, they have a lot of different avenues that they could uh, pursue over the next couple of different years. Uh, in this last, uh, the game five between the Lightning and the Canadians also marked the last uh, NHL broadcast on NBC. Yeah, it was uh, next... sad. The announcers, I thought they were going to like cry. Yeah, they're not next... working together anymore. Yep. Next year, it'll be ESPN and uh, Turner Sports. So ESPN and TNT. So uh, rip to NBC. Yeah, I'm going to miss that electric. Dun, 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 dun. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess it is what it is. And hopefully ESPN. So ESPN primarily is. I mean, we are we obviously know how big they are with NBA and in the NFL. Uh, I'm curious to see how their NHL coverage goes between those two. Well, Stephen A. Smith had talked about like the Blue Jackets. I'll start yeah. laughing. I hope uh, I hope it's entertaining. Uh, but if I were to guess, I would assume that the TNT broadcast will probably be more uh, up to par because the TNT's broadcast for NBA stuff is fantastic. That Charles Barkley show yeah, that pregame like, that show is great. Best show oh, ever. it's awesome. Like it's fantastic. It is my absolute favorite thing to watch. So I guess we'll see how that shakes out next year, but definitely an end of an era for their, uh, NBC. Yep. All right, moving on. Uh, speaking of the NBA, uh, so just a little bit of recap here, uh, just to backtrack. Um, 
the Milwaukee Bucks ended up advancing to the NBA Finals last we spoke. Uh, they were on the brink of clinching the NBA Finals, and uh, they clinched it. They defeated the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, Trey Young and company went home. Uh, but uh, Nate McMillan, who was their interim head coach, uh, got promoted to be their head, their head coach. So he is their permanent head coach, which is good because uh, he really coached his butt off this past year. I thought he was a pretty good coach in Indiana. And I think he's going to be a staple going forward for that Atlanta Hawks team, which I don't believe is going to go away anytime soon. Uh, but on the Bucks side of things, fast forwarding to the NBA Finals, uh, before we, as we're recording this, the, the Bucks currently trail one nothing. Uh, in the series to the Phoenix Suns, uh, what was your takeaway for game one? I thought that Giannis wasn't going to play. I was a, I was surprised that he went out there. It, it was pretty good, too. Six for 11, 20 points. Yeah. Take it, it forever. Free throws, obviously. <laughs> Chris Middleton played a bunch of minutes, too. It's insane. Yeah. Middleton, I think this playoff stretch has really cemented himself to be one of the most underrated players in the NBA. But my biggest takeaway is how good Chris Paul has been. So, Peter, I have some stats here for you. Chris Paul's last two games, so the last game of the Western Conference Finals and game one of the NBA Finals, he's averaging 36.5 points a game, shooting 65.1% from the field, 73.3% from three, and eight and a half assists to go along with that. He's 36 years old. He's at the top of his game right now. It's This probably is his greatest achievement. I think he's been awesome. Yeah, it's crazy, too, because the Suns, I feel like, didn't even have their full, like, power because Jay Crowder did absolutely nothing that whole mm-hmm. game. And Devin Booker, although he scored, like, 20-plus, he, he couldn't hit a three for his life. Yeah, yeah, Booker wasn't efficient at all. He didn't have his best game. And the Suns, I don't want to say they squeaked out a win because they won pretty comfortably, but I felt like they won game one without showing their cards. Yeah, it was all the third quarter. That's mm-hmm. when Chris Paul went off. Now, who do you like to win this series? I like the Suns, probably in six games. So I, I got to give him a chance, you know. I'm not going to pick a winner. Thank for you. The, for the show and everyone around us' sake. Um, we'll see how it shakes out, but I will pick an MVP. Uh, so, so f- granted, it's been one game, so the MVP odds are out uh, for um, NBA Finals MVP odds, I should say. Uh, Chris Paul is the favorite at minus 143. Uh, Devin Booker is second at plus 300. Giannis at plus 600. Middleton at plus 700. Aiton at plus 1,000. Drew Holiday at plus 2,000. Uh, Mikael Bridges at ten at plus 10,000. And then Jay Crowder at plus 15,000. Uh, when I look at this, it has to be Chris Paul. Uh, but I think there's some good value on Giannis and Middleton. There's some good value on Aiton, too. Aiton played real well on yeah. Wednesday, too. I just don't see a scenario where the Suns win and Chris Paul isn't the MVP. Yeah, that's true. So like, I, that's just how I'm looking at it. If the Suns win, I think Paul's the MVP, unless barring any injury or something like that. If the Bucks win, you look at it, it's either going to be Giannis or Middleton, and I feel like they have pretty good, pretty good odds. If the Bucks win, um, if okay, if the Bucks win Thursday, right? The series is tied one-one going back to Milwaukee. Right. No, I mean, it's it's anybody's series. So I think there's some, a good value on Giannis and Middleton. I hope Giannis's knee doesn't crap out. Yeah, I'm glad he played because, uh, you know, I don't really categorize him as someone that's a quitter. And I think his injury was legitimate. And I like Giannis. Uh, he's not my no, favorite player. he's just happy player. to be there. Yeah, and I like, like, he's old school. Like, I, I, I like how he plays. Uh, he obviously can't shoot. He has trouble on 
offensively, sometimes he plays out of control, turning the ball over. Uh, I get it. He's not the most polished player in the world, uh, but he works hard and he got the Bucks team to where they are. Uh, granted, Middleton's been right there. I guess we'll see how the NBA Finals shakes out. Uh, by the time our next show comes around, we might have a winner. Hopefully. And then we'll progress into off-season talk, which is oh, tons of fun. Which is tons of fun. We'll try to line up a guest or two uh, to talk some NBA free agency. I know we're definitely going to have Noah uh, of Ruffin the Basket on to talk NBA draft, which is going to happen, I think, the third week of July. So that's fun. Our free agency will start Maybe up they soon. they get Kate Cunningham. They're already messing around. Yeah, you're right. We're going to be talking Cade Cunningham. Um, we're the first people to mention Cade Cunningham. This podcast, we, we don't, we've been on Cunningham for a while. It's true. We really have been. I think he's a great player. Uh, Mobley from USC, uh, Green, Suggs. Like, there's a couple others that are really good players. We can break down that. And like I mentioned, free agency, trade talk. The NBA never sleeps, legitimately. Now it's like the NFL. Yeah. And with the NFL, this is their only dead time. It's kind of in between training camp. And we haven't talked much NFL lately, but next week we're going to start breaking down division by division. Uh, we're going to start with the AFC North next week. So that'll be a lot of fun. We'll get to talk Pittsburgh Steelers, Cleveland Browns, Cincinnati Bengals, and Baltimore Ravens. So we'll talk win total, what we like about the division, and what we don't like about the division. So that's going to start up, and we're going to be off and ready to go for NFL discussions, probably until the end of, from next week till... It's open a day. Remember that. It'll, it'll, go, it'll go beyond that. It'll be 14, 15 months constantly talking yeah. football. So that's how it goes. Uh, any other, anything you want to say about the Suns or the NBA Three more wins. Three more wins. Another thing I want to mention, uh, Team USA starting up. Uh, do you like watching Team USA basketball? I do just for the standpoint that it's USA, but like if we were anywhere else in the world, just like turn it off because we know the U.S. is going to win. Yeah, the USA, they don't have a, as good a team as they had in like 2008. And even 2012, but their roster's still loaded. Yeah, yeah Damian Lillard, Kevin Durant, like Beal, Tatum, like they're, they're stacked. They're absolutely stacked. Uh, I enjoy watching that. Like I remember watching 2008 when I was younger, and I thought that was really cool because that was that was a, that was a super team. Uh, we, I like the Olympics though. Yeah, and so the Olympics, they look like they're good to go. There won't be any fans. It's the last I was reading today. So I. I like the Olympics. I like watching swimming. I like watching track. Like, yep. I like it. Go Korea. Maybe we'll yeah, maybe we'll talk a little Olympics. Yeah, when is All that? Right. Two weeks? I think it's two, two and a half weeks. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's transition now to Major League Baseball. Also, uh, the Major League Baseball All-Star rosters have been announced. So last week when we went over the um the starters, uh, but we did not have the pitchers or any um Bench guys, or any reserves, I should say. Uh, but now we have that information. Uh, so I'm not going to go over the starters because we already talked about that. Uh, so I'm just going to go right into the AL reserves. Uh, Mike Zuino for the Tampa Bay Rays. Jose Altuve for the Astros, who opted out of the All-Star game. So he will be replaced, I assume. Uh, Bo Bichette of the Blue Jays. Carlos Correa of the Astros, who also opted out. Matt Olson of the Oakland A's. Jose Ramirez of the Cleveland Indians. Jared Walsh of the Angels. Michael Brantley of the Astros, Joey Gallo of the Rangers, Adalas Garcia of the Texas Rangers, Cedric Mullins of the Orioles, J.D. Martinez of the Sox, Nelson Cruz of the Twins, the Ageless, Ageless Wonder. Nelson Cruz, huh? Isn't that awesome? It's true. 
Now, in terms of starting pitchers for the AL, Shane Bieber of the Indians, Garrett Cole of the Yankees, uh, Nate Avaldi of the Red Sox, Kyle Gibson of the Rangers, Lance Lynn of the White Sox, and Carlos Rondon of the White Sox. Uh, for relievers of the American League, Matt Barnes, my guy Matt Barnes, Peter. Very happy to see him finally get recognition, and I am very excited to see him get paid in the offseason. Not by Aldrich, the Red Sox. Probably not by the Red Sox, but he deserves to be paid. I love him. Uh, Alders Chapman of the Yankees, uh, Liam Hendricks of the White Sox, Ryan Presley of the Astros, and Gregory Soto of the Tigers. That is your American League squad. Anyone uh, that got left out that you uh, were a little surprised about? Well, Chris Bassett from the Oakland A's. The A's have no people except Matt Olson. I love Matt Olson. Yeah, their pitchers are really good this year. They have. So you're saying the, the A's got shafted? Yeah, he has a 3.04 ERA. Sit. Sixth place in the American League, and he hasn't even there. Who was it? I'm sorry. I didn't hear what you Chris said. Chris Bassett. And then even uh, Sean Manaya. Sean Manaya is really good. And he's an actual name. Yeah, exactly. Manaya has been around for a while. And one that you didn't mention uh, that I think probably should be there is Cole Irvin. He's at 3-5 ERA. Uh, he's pitched well in spurts for the A's. And I think the A's are probably the most underrated team in the AL right now. But that's just my opinion. Maybe right, one well, of them will get in because Shane Bieber obviously has to get replaced. Yeah, and on top of that, uh, the slew of Astros position players that opted out. Yeah. All right, moving on to the National League. We already went over the starters last week, so we're going to talk National League reserves. Uh, catching uh, JT, JT Ramuto of the Phillies, Ozzy Albies of the Braves, Chris Bryant of the Cubs, Brandon Crawford of the Giants, Jake Cronensworth of the Padres, Eduardo Escobar of the Diamondbacks. Glad they got a representative. Everybody <laughs> Max- gets a representative. Yeah. Max Muncy of the Dodgers, Trey Turner of the Nationals, uh, Mookie Betts of the Dodgers, Brian Reynolds of the Pittsburgh Pirates, Kyle Schwarber of the Nationals. I really like Kyle Schwarber. I have for years. And Kyle Schwarber is a cheat code. Yeah, like I thought he was going to really pan out. He's a big Theo guy with the Cubs. Didn't pan out with the Cubs. Uh, Juan Soto of the Nationals, Chris Taylor of the Dodgers. Moving on to starting pitchers, uh, Corbin Burns of the Brewers. Milwaukee's rotation has been phenomenal. Uh, yeah, they're filthy. Yep. Um, Hugh Darvidge of the Padres, Jake DeGrom of the Mets, enough said, uh, Kevin Gosman of the Giants, Jermon Marquez of the Rockies, uh, Trevor Rogers of the Miami Marlins, he's played well too, uh, Trevor Rogers, uh, Zach Wheeler of the Phillies, and Brandon Woodruff of the Brewers. Woodruff's been phenomenal. He, the, the Brewers rotation, they really they don't really have any offensive firepower, but their rotation can go toe-to-toe. Well, they have Yelich. Yeah, they have Yelich, that's true. But their rotation has been lights out this year. Lights yeah, that's out. all that is. It always is. Pitching and the and bullpen, bullpen, obviously. Too. Hater. And exactly. Next one, Josh Hader. In terms of relievers for the NL, Josh Hader. Enough said. Uh, Craig Kimbrell of the Cubs, who looks to be on the trade block. Uh, Mark Melanson of the Padres and Alex Reyes of the Cardinals. Kimbrell and Melanson, both former Red Sox. All right, so anyone get forgotten in the NL? So Justin Turner got forgotten. He He's batting 295, 13 home runs. And he's only been an all-star one time in 2017, which is insane. And then any of the pitchers, Freddie Peralta, Walker Bueller. Walker Bueller was 8-1 and one and got forgotten about. And Tywan Walker, a 2.44 ERA with the Mets, he got forgotten about. So my first glance at, obviously, these names, uh, the NL pitchers are have depth, and I think the NL pitchers have pitched phenomenal this year. The AL, on the other hand, like, Garrett Cole has fallen off a little bit. Uh, Avaldi, he's pitched well this year, but 
You tell me he's the number three pitcher in the American League right now. That's why it's tough finding an AL Cy Young winner. Exactly, and it as crazy as it sounds, it might end up being Garrett Cole. Yeah, unless Shane Bieber gets healthy again. Yeah, and the was Bieber my pick at the beginning of the year? Yeah, it was right. Yeah, yeah, I was Uh, Cole and Eric Bieber. Yep, and I think we're both right in terms of there's no depth, and I don't think Evaldi. I don't know if he's going to end up pitching the whole year without getting hurt. He's getting a don't put that into existence. How many innings has Evaldi pitched? I don't know, but he's always due for that. Oh, my elbow hurts. Exactly, and Evaldi's been great this year. He's nine and five, three six ERA. Uh, He is up to 103 innings currently. So he's only went over. So he hasn't went over 100 innings since 2018, Uh, and that was with the Sox, obviously when he got traded there. Uh, But you look at the last kind of 2019, 67 innings, and 2020 is a little different. But he's on pace for over 200 innings, if you look at it. Yeah, hopefully he doesn't get hurt. Yeah, they, they, they need him. They do, and especially if Sale comes back a little foggy and Aguardo Rodriguez is not the guy that we both anticipated he would be at the moment. Good, good thing the Red Sox didn't pay him. Yeah, that's a real tough year to talk about tough luck for Erod. I mean, again, he's pitched really bad this year, but he had that heart thing last year. That really took him out of anything last year. And then the year before, he had a rough go. He was good at the beginning. He had a rough go of it at the end. I don't know. He's going to end up getting a crappy contract to come back. And I think he's a better pitcher than his ERA shows. Yeah. Want to talk home run derby? Love the home run derby. Especially this year. Uh, When I look at the home run derby, it's the NBA dunk contest except actual names. It's true. Even though that, like, Vlad's not on there and, like, you don't even need Vlad at this point. So I'll read you the odds. Uh, Shohei Otani is the favorite at plus 400. Uh, don't get us started about Otani. It's our guy. Uh, Joey Gallo at plus 450. Pete Alonso at plus 525. Matt Olson at plus 580. Salvador Perez at plus 700. Juan Soto at plus 750. Trevor Story at plus 800. And Trey Mancini at plus 1,000. And before we get into those odds, let me remind everyone that the Home Run Derby will take place at Coors Field in Colorado, which is known as Hitter's Ballpark. Hitters so expect it. a lot of firepower. Who's your pick? I like Trevor Story, the hometown mm. kid. I want to pick Otani, but I know he's going to get upset. I like Matt Olson, a plus 580. Shocker. But I Joey also like Gallo Tra- is going to hit some bombs, too. Yeah. If I were to pick three, Otani... Gallo and Olsen. And Trey Mancini's my long shot. Trey Mancini has a good story. That's what I'm saying. I think it would be all of these. If you look at the top, Otani would be the best case for baseball. Gallo hits bombs. Pete Alonso, New York, you know, that whole thing. Uh, Matt Olsen, a little bit of a lesser name. Salvador Perez. Everybody loves Salvador Perez. Everyone loves him. Juan Soto, young up-and-coming star. Trevor Story, Colorado. Trey Mancini, that whole story that he has is phenomenal. So I'm excited for it. The Home Run Derby is Monday. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. That's going to be must-watch. And I'm expecting some fireworks. I expect 50 out of Otani. I hope Otani puts on a show, and then the next day he absolutely hits a home run, and then he strikes out the side. Yeah. I wonder how the – I don't know if he's going to bat, though, unless he they, makes some DH for one time. Yeah. I bet you he gets one at bat. Like, yeah, he he's not going to start then. 
No, he probably won't start. They're but... gonna double switch it, and then yeah. Yeah, if I was Major League Baseball, I'd be like, this guy has to do both. We're in the. Yeah. You know, like I wrote about it this this past week on DailyGoats.com. Uh, Otani is the most exciting player in baseball, and again, there is nobody to compare Shohei Otani with in baseball. Uh, the way he, he he's a dominant hitter, dominant pitcher, uh, leads the league in home runs. I think he's third in RBIs. He leads leads the home run leads the home run. He leads the league in slugging percentage. He has, I think, fifteen stolen bases. He has a three six ERA. Uh, I think opposing hitters are hitting like 190 against him. He's phenomenal. Nobody, we haven't seen somebody like him since Babe Ruth. And it's as good as a player as Fernando Tatis and Vlad Guerrero Jr. are. Uh, we've seen players of those magnitude before. We've seen that. We have never seen anybody like Otani. The only thing that could derail Shohei Otani of greatness is his durability. That's it. Yeah, that's what happened two years ago. Because he got like low key Tommy yeah. John surgery. Yeah, that that is the only thing that will stop him. Um, now I hope he can last this run for the rest of his career. Is it likely? Probably not. But if he can do this for four or five straight years being healthy, that's a huge win for baseball because he's exciting. I don't know about you, but I was so the Red Sox were against the Angels this past week, and uh, my eyes were glued to the TV uh, for that nine forty start. I wanted to see Otani hit, and then I wanted to see him pitch, and it was fantastic. You know, he was just, he's just awesome. He's must watch. And everybody must be kicking himself because everybody got a chance to bid on him. Yep. But I felt like he was always destined to go to the West Coast, closer to home. And yeah. we see a lot of those Japanese players like Ichiro. He went to Seattle. So two years he's going to the Yankees, though. Well, I guess where it depends. Pains me to do it, but. Well, what's his market? What the hell you pay him? At least 500, at least. But it would be perfect for baseball if he was on the East Coast, whether if it was the Yankees, the Red Sox, even if it was the Phillies. Yeah. You know, a big market, Chicago, we have the Chicago teams, the Mets, someone like that, a big market that, not saying the Angels don't, the Angels fans don't care, but it's just not as important for the Angels. Like, even if he was the Dodgers, I think it would be a little bit bigger. Yeah, I mean, they could pay him. The Angels are the Clippers. That's how I view it. Yeah. And it's like, oh, the Clippers are cool and all, but... Oh, well, it sucks. He's on, like, a fifth-place team. Yeah, and it makes no sense because, granted, Trout's hurt, but you literally have arguably the best two players in baseball, and you're... Trout's you a loser. And Joe, Madden, who is, and Joe Madden, who is arguably, like, used to be one of the best managers in baseball. Like, funny how that works. Funny when you, how you build a baseball team without pitchers, how you think it's going to go. It's true. But uh, we'll move on here. So let's segue here to just a little bit of golf here really quick, Peter. Um... The match 4.0 just occurred. Uh, DeChambeau and Rogers uh, defeated Brady and Mickelson. Uh, did you catch any of it? Yeah, I was watching it before the finals game, game one. It was a little weird that they scheduled it during the NBA finals. Unless they didn't know. Well, it they was... started at 5 o'clock, so I think they did want to get that thing going pretty quick. I watched, I think, holes 1 through 7. The course was beautiful. Like You see like the mountains in the, in yeah, the back and insane. stuff. The scenery was fantastic. Charles Barkley's uh, a clown. But. Oh, he's hysterical. I love Barkley. Rogers was better than I thought he would be. So Yeah, and, facts. I mean, Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady low-key trashed. Yeah, Brady Brady was a lot better when he was with Manning. Or when they when he was against Manning. Yeah. The first time he was in it. Uh, but that's how I viewed it. I think it was exciting. It was fun. I, I like these little of the match things. Like I've watched all of them. I watched the one with Curry. 
I watched the original Woods Mickelson. I hope they continue because oh, they will. I mean, that's just names. Yeah, and I'd like to see them bring some different athletes on. Uh, Brady's had Brady's been on twice. Not saying he shouldn't be back on, but who would I want to see? Hmm. Who would you want to see? Ooh. Even if you, even if they don't golf, who would you want? Like, I don't know. Who who would you want to see? Like, that you think would be a good golf or something like that. LeBron versus Kyrie. That, that would be something. That would be something for sure. Isn't Tony Romo really good? Yeah, but that's like a cheat code. I don't think he can ever do that. You can't do Romo. Like you can Ro- do somebody and Romo, but you do can't Romo do Romo and Brady versus Phil and I don't know Phil and Eli, Phil and Charles Barkley. True, you could do that. No, but like Tom. Um, Tom, like Tony Romo's a cheat code. He's like yeah. as good as like low yeah. PGA he, guy. Yeah. yeah, he's but Phil's better than him. So you'd have to pick like somebody a little bit lower in the PGA. I, I I like it though, and I'm excited for it to keep on going. So I guess we'll see how that goes. Uh, Peter, quickly here, I want to transition to the Euros. I know we touched upon it. So the finals are between England and Italy. Uh, so there was a little bit of controversy surrounding the semifinal match between England. In Denmark. Uh, did you see the penalty kick that England was awarded? No, I didn't. So uh, when you get a shot, look it up. It was a pretty lame challenge that shouldn't have been a penalty kick, but they ruled it a penalty kick, and England made the penalty. So England originally missed the penalty kick, but they got the rebound and scored, and they won. Uh, but a lot of people are like, really? It's They just did that because they didn't want Denmark in. It's kind of been blabbing for a while. So they went to VAR, and they looked at it, but the call stood. And a lot of soccer fans across the world are going crazy. It's probably think of the pass interference thing, and then put it on steroids. Oh, really? Yeah. Look, you got to look it up when you got a shot. I I want your opinion on it for next week. But England versus Italy, and uh, we'll get to see how that shakes out. I think we'll both be. Uh, we're not going to tell you the winner now. We'll save that for our picks in a couple minutes. But uh, I'm excited to see how it unfolds, and I'll be disappointed when the tournament ends because I've enjoyed watching it. Yeah, I love soccer now. Big soccer guy now. Okay, Peter, let's now transition to some UFC talk. We're going to bring on Dylan Sariva, uh, who writes UFC for DailyGoats.com. He usually does weekly UFC articles. Um, He's also on Cheap Talk Wrestling. Uh, You can catch them every Monday, TJ, Carr, and Dylan. Uh, Dylan's a big UFC fan, has been for years. So let's bring on Dylan. He's been on the show before. How are you doing, Dylan? I'm doing good, Jason. Peter, how are you guys doing? Doing Pretty good. good. Happy Connor week. It's fight week. Well, so yeah. let, let's get right into it, Dylan. Give us, let's start off with the top, right, Peter? Uh, McGregor Poirier. It's the, it's the talk of the town. Everyone's been talking about it. What is your take on it? How do you see it unfolding? And why do you see it unfolding the way you do? All right. Um, so obviously this is a trilogy fight between the two men. Uh, their first fight was back in 2014, I believe. Connor was on his meteoric rise at 145 pounds. Dustin was doing a stint at featherweight before he came back up to 155, uh, where the fight's going to take place. And then obviously, uh, January was the first fight. Uh, Dustin took the second fight. Connor won the first. So they're split one, one here. Um, one thing Dustin did really well to even the score with Connor is using 
a lot of leg kicks um, and Connor's leg pretty much swelled up like a balloon, but third fight against each other, it, it's going to come down to who executes the game plan the best. They know what their opponent's coming out with, but I just feel Poirier is someone who's just more committed to his training and the sport of MMA as a whole. So I'm taking Poirier. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I know he's the favorite, you know, I wouldn't say go to a casino and put odds on a negative 105, but I Dylan, I like the point you made about the commitment level to training because I think that's an interesting point that a, a lot of people I don't want to say don't want don't take into account Conor McGregor. He's got the name. I think we both can agree upon that. Uh, McGregor's flashy, but ever since the what do you want to call it the Mayweather fight, has his training regimen went down? Has his Commitment has his oh dedication. See, See that's why I think he's. You believe win, it's though. changed. That's but why I think he's gonna win, though. So you think he he's has to put all of his chips right in the middle because he can't lose three times in a row. And then that cowboy fight wasn't even like a real fight. He, yeah, I mean, he's obviously a name, back. but like he can't. He, he just can't. He, I know, he and, and I get seriously. what you're saying because I think it it then starts to diminish his name value. Is okay, this guy's a great pay per view draw, like. Because it's it's very like polar. He's a polarizing figure in MMA because you either have people who love him, who are diehard Connor fans, or you have people who are just like, this guy sucks. Like he's got a left hand, and that's about well, those it. people and, too will tune in and watch him every single time that him to get like smacked. And I agree. I mean, I I'm not a McGregor guy. I think he's overly cocky, and he. Again, I find him one-dimensional. I think his left hand in the first 15 minutes of the fight are probably is probably the most deadly left hand in all of combat sports. If he clips you clean with that, you're going to sleep. But um, my issue with him has been his gas tank. You saw it in the Habib fight. You saw it in the first Nate Diaz fight. You saw it in the second Dustin fight. When he gets taken into deeper waters, he struggles. It's a gas tank thing. I don't know how he fixes that with cardio or anything like that, but that's his issue. So, Peter, do you have the odds in front of you? So we have, I think, Poirier's at minus 105. Uh, McGregor's at plus 110. Correct me if I'm wrong. But, Peter, while you fact check that, Dylan, I want to ask you one question. So what does Poirier do well? Um, so he, he's known primarily for being a boxer. Um, very fast hands, very efficient combinations. Um, but I think one thing with him that's interesting here is they're both southpaws. They're both lefties, um, which you don't see a lot of lefty-lefty in MMA, as weird as that sounds. Like, a lot of guys switch stances. But I think one thing Dustin does really, really well is um, pressure his opponent. You know, if he knows, you know, I didn't hit him full with this hand, but he's definitely, like, I just got hit in the face. Like, Dustin's going to keep moving forward and just keep peppering you with different combinations and wear you down. So Poirier is minus 130, actually, and McGregor's plus 110. So definitely moved within the week. All right, so do uh, do either you have any other comments on the McGregor-Poirier, or do we want to get a little bit uh, on the rest of the card? Hey, who's your um, favorite fight that's not McGregor and Poirier? Ooh, my favorite one... Actually, might be the co-main, uh, Gilbert Burns and Stephen Thompson at 170. 
I think that's a really interesting matchup. Uh, two guys who realistically deserve a shot at uh, Usman. I mean, I know Burns already took on Usman, but Thompson's kind of been like logjam there for a little bit with everything going on at 170. So it's, a, it's an interesting matchup here. What about Greg Hardy? He's on the card, correct? He is, yeah. Um, he's fighting a bigger name in the heavyweight division and tied to Ivasa. Um, still, I think, outside of the rankings, but, you know, sort of one of those guys that I would describe as a gatekeeper uh, to getting into the top 15, that elite level. Um, and with the championship scene right now at heavyweight being really logjam, if Hardy jumps out in a big way, this might get him a ranked opponent and hopefully keep pushing his career because he seems really committed to MMA at this That's point. That's an insane story too. A troubled football star and he's like seven and three in the octagon, which is insane. Yep. Yeah, and Greg Hardy, he's a, he's, you're right. I don't even want to call him a fit. He's he's a troubled football star. Exactly. I guess that sums it up pretty well. And anything else that really sticks out for you in the car, Dylan? So, all right, let me, let me paint you this picture here. If McGregor loses, right, and like Peter said, that's three in a row, and we all said his reputation would take a hit. Is he is he done after that? What what do you what do you think he goes if he loses? I mean, if he loses, I mean, I think he could call it a career. Honestly, reports have been that he made upwards of a hundred million from the Mayweather fight alone. Um, you know, and he's got he's got his own thing going on. He has a clothing brand. Uh, he has like a exercise philosophy brand thing he could coach um you know he could start cornering guys i think if he does win i think he wants to make another another run at 170 which i don't really love because that's just gonna log jam he wants to fight nate diaz real bad i don't know why he wants to fight nate again like no offense to Nate. I think Nate he's Diaz. Out Khabib again, too. He's doing everything that he was doing. That like, seems like a money ago. grab to me, but. He's very just in the money money grab fights at this point. Like, I don't see him making another title run. I'd, I'd like for him to do it the right way and, okay, start taking out contenders at whatever no, way he wants. he won't. He'll just get an automatic title shot as it is. I know. It's like, it's hard to put your biggest name brand, like name for your brand in a non-main event spot, but it's mm. like. He's too Dude. big for that. He he won't do. I guarantee he won't. He got the taste of the, like we talked about the Mayweather one. You said upwards of hundred million, and yeah, I totally believe mil. that. Totally believe that. And where he's at in his life, yeah, it wouldn't shock me if this was his last fight Saturday. Like it, it wouldn't surprise me. It truthfully wouldn't shock me. Regardless, win or loss, it, it wouldn't surprise me if that was it. Yeah, I think uh, one other fight is actually the opening fight for the main card. Um, is actually a fill-in. Sean O'Malley, who's actually a really big rising star uh, for the UFC. Similar personality to McGregor. Um, you know, very brash, very cocky, but confident in his skills, and he does show out. Is fighting a uh, local kid from Massachusetts, uh, Chris Moutinho, who's a, a fill-in. He hopped in, I think, with like three weeks before the fight. Um, nine and four is a professional first shot in the UFC. You know, that's a that's a big upset alert if this kid comes in and, you know, takes out O'Malley. Well, Chris, if you beat O'Malley, you can come take an interview with Dylan Sariva uh, on the Daily Goat. 
Please. I mean, right now, DraftKings, he's he's a plus 525 underdog. O'Malley's a negative eight. Like, there's not a lot of expectation there. So, you know. And, and you said he's a local guy, right? He's Portuguese. My last name is Montinho, right? Yeah, I think uh, I looked him up on Twitter because I was going to reach out to him because um, I think he was in one of the feeder leagues for the UFC, and then I saw the report. Oh, hey, he's fighting in the UFC. Um, <laughs> uh, I think he's from, like, Milford or something like that. Like Local guy? Yeah, mass kid. Um, I think uh, for old-school fight fans, uh, Carlos Condit's fighting on the undercard. He's sort of older now. Um but I think if you're going to make a, a bet this weekend, I would probably go. I would take Thompson over Gilbert Burns. Hardy's the underdog, but I just I like Greg Hardy. And then if you're just looking to throw something down there for fun, take Chris Moutinho. I mean, plus 600, you're going to win some money if he ends up pulling an upset. Take the local kid. That's the way to do it. Thank you, as always, for being a, a UFC consultant. I guess. Yeah, thank you. Private. So course, you can, guys. And again, just another plug here. You can catch Dylan uh, on the Daily Go. He writes tons of UFC articles. I believe he is going to recap the fight afterwards. Yep. Uh, so uh, Sunday, Sunday morning, uh, and probably by Sunday night, that article will be up. So, so check that out uh, on the dailygoats.com. Uh, thank you very much, Dylan. And I hopefully uh, you enjoy the card this uh, on Saturday. Thanks, guys. I hope you do too. And uh, if you're looking to have someone talk about the miserable state of the Packers. I'm always available. Oh yeah, true. <laughs> NFC yeah. North. Yeah, we're, we're breaking down division by division. So when we talk NFC North, we'll we'll give you a call. You got it. All right, guys. All right. Thanks, Dylan. Good Thank you, Dylan. All right, Peter. Want to get into our picks of the week? Let's do picks it. Of the weekend, I should say. All right. So pick for Friday, a July 9th. Uh, who are you going with? I'll let you start off here. So I have the Toronto Blue Jays plus one and a half over the Rays at minus 155. So Tampa Bay has been scuffling real bad. I don't, I don't get like if it's just the glass now injury, because obviously that's big because he was a front runner. Bayo Cy Young, but like two weeks ago, there were two and a half up on the Red Sox. And now there's two and a half behind the Red Sox. And if you're getting plus runs with the Blue Jays, I think you can take that all day. Okay. Uh, for me, I'm going to stick in Major League Baseball. I'm going to go with the A's over the Rangers. Uh, the A's have struggled a little bit the past, I don't know, week, weekend. Last weekend, they struggled a bit. Um, Texas is a team that uh, obviously not having a good year. Oakland's pitching, I believe, Cole Irvin's on the mound. Uh, I like Oakland going into the All-Star break hot. Uh, they've pretty much played well against Texas uh, for the beginning part of the year. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Rangers. I'm sorry, the A's over the Rangers. Uh, how about Saturday, July 10th? I probably have a pretty good idea where you're going here. Premium pick of the week, Conor McGregor, plus 110. I think he's going to win in second-round knockout. He has to win for his legacy. I think all the chips, as I said with the interview with Dylan, that all of his chips are on the table. I think his legacy is on the line. His name's on the line. I don't think he can lose a Portier two times in a row and three times in a row just in general. So it's either go out trying or he's going to win and then the whole crowd's going to be like insane. Tell you what, so I'm going to I'm going to defer to our UFC guy Dylan here, who just came off. I'm going to go with Poirier, Peter. I'm going to go against you here. Uh, I like what Dylan talked about how he's questioning McGregor's commitment level, and I think that's something that's an underrated aspect of this fight and it's an underrated aspect of the twilight of McGregor's career. 
I'm going to go with Poirier at minus 130. How about Sunday, July 10th, if I'm crazy? Nope, it's 11th. I'm sorry. July 11th. So happy Euro finals. So I have England over Italy. Just for the fact that we've been, other than Portugal, because obviously rip Portugal, but we've been riding England the whole tournament. And you just got to ride or die with them. And you got to root for the underdog this week. Because so, Italy almost lost in the penalty kick. So, yeah, so Spain. I'm going to I'm gonna agree with you here. England over um, Italy. I picked against Italy last week. I'm sorry. I picked against England two weeks ago. And I picked against them last week. Right? And they won both times. So, unfortunately, they're going to lose because I'm picking them now. But... All right, everybody bet on Italy. Everybody everyone bet on bet Italy. On Put Italy. your house on Italy. But I, I like England here. I'll, I'll joke aside. I truthfully like England. I feel like they're well-rounded. I think they play a nice defensive game. Uh, Italy, they looked really, really hot in the group stages. But I, I don't want to call them – I just don't feel like they've had the same level uh, of their offensive firepower the last couple games. I'm going to take England over Italy in a close one. Uh, I like England to win 2-1. to one. That's my score. And uh, that would conclude the European tournament. Uh, sad, but that's what we got. So, Peter, you got any uh, things you on your mind? Anything you want to talk about here? Oh, my premium pick of the week is England over Italy. Because might as well just ride it, right, Peter? Yeah, that's true. It's happy yeah. UFC week. First week that, uh, first card in probably a year and a half that I can go to Wild Wings and actually watch. You excited? Doing that on Saturday. Yeah. What are you going to get? Stay at Wild Wings from 7 to Probably 2 a 2 a.m. and just driving back home at 2:30. How many wings? Oh, we I, I get like a large and just and then like nachos and just we just clear that place out. We're there for like five hours, six hours. There you go. Well, I'm, I, that's good to see that places like that are open now and they're showing the event, especially in an event to this magnitude because this could be it for McGregor. Who knows? Yep. All right, Peter. Thank you very much, and everybody can catch us next week. And uh, next week we're gonna. Continue to break down the NBA Finals. If not, recap them. Uh, we're also going to start breaking down the NFL divisions. We're going to talk some AFC North football. So you don't want to miss it, and we'll have a plethora of other baseball topics. We'll probably recap the Home Run Derby and the All-Star On the record, game. who's your Home Run Derby pick? Matt Olson. Matt Olson, okay. I have Trevor's story. Stay right. hot. Stay hot.